Uh, let's take a break. And when we return, we'll visit with Cassie Green. Hi, Cassie. Welcome. Thank you so much, Melissa. Hello. So Cassie, you are so much more than a health coach. You have a, your career spanned over the corporate world, you're a business owner, and also a health coach. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you found yourself with the work title of health coach? Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm a Midwestern native who now lives in Texas and had a pretty traditional journey for a long time. I was, you know, after college, went into the corporate world for about 10 years in sales and management, and then found that my passion really was sustainable food, health, wellness, and opened a little organic grocery store in Chicago, where I lived at the time. And then got an opportunity to open a store down in Dallas, opened a second store. And it was through that process that I realized I was really advising a lot of people on their health, nutrition, and felt a little bit like uh, Lucy and the Peanuts with a little like <laughs> psychiatrist five cents type of sign. Um, in a good way, though, I think people, you know, we had really great communities in both places, but people were really looking for answers. And, you know, for someone who had done at least a chunk of research for them, when they had health issues, or were just struggling with energy levels, wellness in general, fitness, um, nutrition, all those things, which kind of fall under the umbrella of a health coach. From there also ended up creating a wellness product called elderberry syrup for immune support. But since we're here talking about the health coaching, I can just share a little bit about that, which I, I like to give people a, a summary because health coach is not a term that everyone is familiar with. So I say it's like if you took a nutritionist and a life coach and combine them, because so many times when we think about health, it's we immediately just go diet exercise. That's kind of what a lot of us have been trained to. Certainly my day, you know, I'm a child of the 70s. And growing up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, that was what we always thought of as health and wellness. Thank goodness, I think now that role and that def definition is getting expanded a little bit. But so much more goes into it. It goes, you know, your stress levels, your sleep, your support network, just even your inner dialogue has such a huge impact on your health and wellness. And so that's where the health coaching piece is really important, in my opinion, to create that holistic view of how do we live this fulfilled, joyful life, not just looking at calories and calories out and, and menus. I think that's a good place to start because when you were talking about a holistic that totally resonates me is the inner dialogue with our mind. So let's yes. start there. Why are we so hard on ourselves? I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I think that right now the societal and just logistical expectations on Everybody, but I'm going to say women even more so, are so high and they've never been higher. Um, we play more roles than we used to. You know, maybe 40, 50 years ago, a lot of people were just kind of playing one role. So they might have either been the person leaving the home to go make money, or they might have been the parent homemaker kind of keeping that all together. And now so many women, and, and men too, but really when we look at the numbers, it's so much more skewed towards women are taking on multiple roles. They might also be caring for an elderly parent. They might be starting a business, perhaps different industries shift and change. So I think there's a lot of pressure. And I even think, and I know this can sometimes sound like a little bit of a cop-out, but I don't give it as a cop-out, but as just to help people understand why we feel this way, social media, mm -hmm. because we see highlight reels. And even as someone, I mean, I'm like, I'm a grown woman. I have a very strong sense of self. I still occasionally have to stop myself and go, okay, hold on. This is this person's highlight reel. Like 
I didn't see the background. I don't know, you know, I don't know anything else in their day, but this one little snapshot or this 15 second video. So I can only imagine for, for people who maybe haven't spent a lot of time in that growth space and kind of in that self-awareness space, it's really easy to get fall into those traps of I need to be always up here, you know, the hustle, the best, all those things. And that's my old program too. You know, I, I refer to myself as a recovering type A. And I think there are some amazing things about type A personalities, but you always want to use that for good, not evil. And that even yes. is even evil towards yourself. You know, you want to use it to to promote wellness and joy in yourself and those around you. And I just think we have so many pressures on us that we have to find ways to navigate it. Those things aren't going away. And I don't think we can just throw our hands up and go, well, screw it. I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat bonbons. That's not, that isn't the answer either. But finding a way to manage it is such a big thing. You know, it's funny uh, that you say that because, or not funny, but just ironic. Um, On on Saturday, (laughs) you know, Saturday is kind of like a tour day at my house. So I would never take a picture of myself on a Saturday and post it on Instagram. I probably should because that's me at my most comfort level. Like no real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Real life hair and a ponytail. And I had to run some stuff down um, by my brother's house and I go, I'm just going to pop in and pop out. And he goes, no, you should have dinner with us. Like he was being so kind. And I go, Mm -hmm. I haven't even showered today. He's like, you need to get it together. (laughs) Joking. Of course. Right. Right. But but I think there's something to be said to yeah. acknowledging these pressures you're talking about. And then I, I know we'll speak a little bit later about kind of like how to, how to work through some of this stuff. Well, let's, let, no, let's talk about it now. Like, tell me how to work through it. Tell me how to be like, it's okay. It's okay to give yourself a break, especially as you say, recovering type A. And I always <laughs> consider myself an A minus B plus. That, <laughs> yeah. um, and how do you, kind of just give yourself a little bit of a break. I'm a business owner. I'm a um, mother, caregiver. How do I just say it's okay to be an A minus instead of an A plus? No, I think, I mean, I think the first thing is acknowledging that that can be really tough for people, especially for people who have lived much of their life in that best program. And with this group that we're addressing, I mean, these are people who are top of their class always, excelling always, have insane work ethic like this is this is a group even beyond what I would call sort of a normal swath of society who probably is used to performing and doing everything and used to people relying on them as being Mm -hmm. that person who will do everything oh give it to Melissa you know she'll take care of it so I think there's a few different things I think one piece is just the acknowledgement of like I have a lot going on is a big deal just just even saying that I have a lot going on or this feels overwhelming. So acknowledging some of those feelings. And I think we all know, like we know when we're in a really happy, joyful space and we know when we're not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get on autopilot. So to pause and to go, what am I in right now? And I use simple tools. You you want me to share some of these now? Okay. Um, I use some really, really simple tools for this kind of thing because I don't like to keep, I like to keep things as simple and easy and accessible as possible. Um, Using things like a calendar reminder to check in with yourself a few times a day, maybe it's morning, afternoon, evening, just how am I doing right now? How's my body feel? Am I tense and stressed? Is my jaw clenched? Or am I feeling, you know, peace and calm? And I I say peace and calm, not in like you're a hippie sitting around a bonfire, (laughs) you know, 
that type of thing. But being in that calm, peaceful mindset, we all operate better. So all these things that we're talking about that actually help your wellness will also help you be sustainably successful in life. So I never want, this is sometimes the struggle with type A's that we go, well, I can't relax because like, this is how I've gotten here. <laughs> this is how you've gotten here. We might not get up here to that next level of like full fulfillment if you don't change something you're doing. So I think using a really simple thing like a, like a calendar reminder, using your phone timer, even just to take a few breaths to, to go, okay, where am I right now? So I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of pressure. And then you have to decide, what do I do about that? And I think the biggest piece is to be able to be vulnerable with somebody who's trusted. Obviously, mm -hmm. we don't we don't want to be vulnerable with everybody. Not everybody does, is, has earned our trust. But with people and in your life that you go, I can actually tell this person, I have too much on my plate and I need some help clearing it a little bit and finding those key people. And I bet for a lot of folks, there are more people in their life than they think. So I think our natural assumption is maybe a spouse or a partner, which is great. But I would bet if you really sat down and did a catalog of your life, you go, wow, well, I've got, yeah, I have a brother or a sister who maybe we don't talk that often, but man, if they reached out to me and said, can you just take this little thing off my plate? I would say yes, probably some friends. And I would even challenge with some employees, some staff members. I mean, it is delegation, but yeah. when you involve somebody with the intention of vulnerability, I think it feels less like I'm telling you to do this and feels more collaborative, which people tend to respond differently with that when you go, hey, I actually could really use your help on this. Especially, and I'm speaking from experience, I, it's been really hard for me to acknowledge I might not know everything. And, and especially with new office procedures or how to make things better. And I've always been in an I'll figure it out mode. Because I don't want to admit to those people around me like, that I'm weak or I don't know or sure. I'm, not, I'm not as, that's where the insecurity comes in. But over the years, I found like if you find somebody that you like in an office setting and, you know, you've built a good rapport, if you say, I need your help with this, if they don't give you the help, I think that there's a bigger issue. And I don't think that they're going to do it from, and then I think you can explore that. But I think that most people come from a place of, yeah, what do you need? I can help you. And yeah. I think that really sets your relationship, even in a work setting, to a new level. I agree. And I think, you know, being in a place of problem solving is so important, especially, I mean, I've owned my own businesses for 14 years. Like you constantly have things coming up, but instead of saying, I'll handle it or I'll solve for this, it's we'll handle it we can solve for this. And you know how good it feels when somebody, especially someone you really respect, asks you for help. Mm -hmm. If somebody says, hey, I'd really like your take on this, or I'd really like your assistance on this, like, I think you're the right person to help push this through. And, and quite frankly, I have these other things that I'm dealing with that are really pulling me over here. Either can I hand this off to you and check in, or can we work on it together and collaborate? Like we all feel good when we're, when we're needed. I mean, to, to varying degrees, there's a healthy and not healthy way of that. Yeah. But I think we all actually, for the most part, want to help one another. And if you create that environment in your, your business and even your family, I would argue family too, whether it's your partner, your kids, I think you can create that instead of going, if you leave your socks on this floor, <laughs> one more time. And I mean, it doesn't, I feel like, I get it. You're like, my head is going to blow off my body. But I think if you can, 
take a moment and say, hey, look, having a picked up house is actually really, really, really vital for my mental health right now. I have a lot of things going on. So what do you think we can do to make sure that that happens? You know, Dr. Chesick actually had a, um, she was the um, nice woman that we had on before you. Oh, yeah. And and she said, even if you're in your car for two minutes, get yourself in the right mindset to walk in the, walk in the door and see your family. And I think that's a part of it. If you're, and I even said that to her, this is where you and I think alike. I even said that to her. I'm like, if the house is messy and toys are out and all these things are going on when you get home and that's like your turning point for the evening, you know, how do you fix that? And I think that both of you have such great suggestions of how can we make this better and I'm going to be better. So it's a little bit of a teamwork within the house, but I also think that applies in an office. Oh, all this stuff is transferable both ways. Exactly. Well, and I think too, something to kind of, uh, like referring to what you were saying too, it's like, this is really hard to do, especially if you're feeling, if you feel like you're doing everything alone, if you feel like you're the only one that can take care of things. A lot of times we see those around us, not consciously, but subconsciously as the enemy and not as an ally, you know, whatever. My husband's not picking something up. The kids are leaving their toys everywhere. My assistant isn't doing this. But I think if we can reframe our attitude that these are actually allies who want to be helpful, but they just might not know exactly how, or they might have a different way of doing it, which also means we might have to be flexible too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Taipei's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we also have to be willing to kind of come to the table. But I think if you can, like you were saying, I love that idea of the few minutes before you go into your house, a few minutes before you go into your office, that you go in and you say, these are my allies. We all want the same thing. You think about an office situation. Everybody wants to go into work. They want to feel happy. They want to feel fulfilled. They want to feel like they're appreciated. They want to feel like their work matters. And if you can help energetically create that, and I know that maybe sounds a little hippie or woo-woo, but anybody can tell if you walk into a place that is miserable, you know it. You might not know why, but you know it. And same you know thing the energy. Place, you know the energy. This is a weird thing about humans. I don't know the science behind it. I know there is science behind it, but um, the idea is that if you can help create that, that's actually what everybody wants. And if somebody doesn't get on board with your plan to all be allies and all be working so that you're not doing all the work as you, the business owner, the, you know, lead doctor, then that's the problem that you solve. You, you yeah. go, okay, well, this person isn't willing to get on board with our, with our collaborative plan. Okay. I know it's a little easier to do in an office than in a, you know, home. You can't like fire your seven year old for <laughs> not picking up their socks. <laughs> But I think if you can, if you can do that, and as you continue to share responsibility, and, and really what it comes down to is it's the idea of sharing burden, which is, is vulnerable, and it can be really scary if you're used to doing so much on your own. But we have to remember, too, that our burden oftentimes does not feel as heavy to somebody else. Something might feel really heavy, really stressful, really tough for me, and I'm going, oh, this is just awful, this is exhausting. And I just say, hey, can you just take this little piece of this? And another person's like, no, oh, yeah, no big no, deal. It, I totally agree with you. First yeah. of all, I would totally put a seven-year-old on a performance plan to make sure that they're picking it. Here's, I'm kidding. Here's your tip, Taylor. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, my family has had things going on. You know, my dad is very sufficient on my mother. Like They are definitely an old school couple. Mm -hmm. But what, and recently my mother's had some health issues and 
I've actually asked my brothers, like my brothers aren't going to do the laundry. They're not going to fix the meals. They're not going to do those things. I get it. We're very, it's a very traditional setting in um, our house. But what I have asked them, I'm like, Hey, can you just call dad and check in on him? Or can you just visit with him for a little bit? Because I think keeping him mentally healthy is also helping my mother and I in different ways. Yes. Years ago, she, she had had some issues and I just let all this anger build up. But this time it's been so different because just having that social and emotional piece with him just to, you know, make sure that he's laughing and joking and talking about sports helps my mother heal and helps yes. me just like be able to take like 10 minutes not to be the entertainer of the family. And so yep. I totally agree with that. And people... It, if they're not willing to help, and like we said, there's probably a bigger issue. And no, I can't fire my brothers. Like they're definitely, but they have found a way to make their help. And they've, they've yeah. brought in my nephews and things like that. So it's yeah. really been a much more um, easygoing experience this time around. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's ahead. wonderful that you took that. You were like, okay, these are not maybe my, my housekeeper, my, my friends in housekeeping and cleaning and cooking. But what can they do? And what right. does seem like I can ask them to do that plays to their strengths? And that's fantastic because that's a burden off of you. Yeah. Which is really important. Is. Yeah. So I think that idea of like checking, having a regular check-in with how am I doing, especially these days. I mean, yeah. we haven't even said we're in a global pandemic. I mean, we all know it. It's not like we have to say it, but it's like that's added on to so much pressure. So checking in regularly, I think identifying the places in your life where you're like, this is really creating a lot of stress. You know, it's the whole 80-20 rule, like 20% of our problems create 80% of our stress. So identify what are those 20%, like what are, what are those thorns in your side? And then identify the people in your life who you go, I think I can, I can like whittle some of this off to these people and it's not going to be a big deal for them feeling trusted yeah. and feeling needed. I think a lot of people just, yeah, I think they love that. And I, I think do. that when you are in an office, as a leader in an office, if you have the ability to help somebody else change their mindset, what a great gift that you can yes. give the people around your office. And I think that might be sound a little hippie woohoo when you're like, I'm giving back at the bonfire on the beach. <laughs> yeah. And I understand like there's just days where it's, it's tough. It's tough to yeah. get good mood. But if you've, you're starting to make those establishments in your office, I really think that helps make that transition for when you are not 100%. So my 80, 20 mm-hmm. is 20% of the time I might be struggling, but 80% of the time I'm good. So that 20%, I'm going to need somebody else to let me yeah. borrow some other 80. Yeah. A lot of math right there, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that getting to know those people and understand, I think you're definitely 100% right. If we start to trust each other and you've hired these people to help you run your business. Right. I, I mean, they're, that's, that's why they're there to help you do this more smoothly. And I think just creating that environment where it's okay to ask for help, you're going to get better work out of people because we all have days that we're not at our top performance for whatever reason. Maybe somebody's going through a massive health issue, a divorce. Maybe they, they were up with their newborn all last night. But so when, instead of going, well, you just have to do it on your own and suck it up, Janet, you know, it's like, well, maybe Janet now can go, Hey, I need to reach out to somebody with me and I want this to be done really well. 
and I want to be done right. So I'm going to ask for some help within that environment. So your end result is that you get top work always because you always have people able to fill in the gaps for one another. The second up, Janet, <laughs> attitude, I think is so much like our parents' generation. And so people um, have really grown up thinking, well, I just have to suck up my feelings and I have to just, right. this is just how it is. And this is just how life is. But that's not the case. And I think right. that you've given like just those check-in tools to kind of kind of get you back on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, one of the things that as a health coach, and I'm fascinated by this because right now I'm in a very committed relationship with sugar and donuts. And <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to break up with them. And I, I exercise and I do eat vegetables, but I go by the grocery store and I'm like, well, just a couple of donuts. I mean, what's that going to hurt? And then the next day I'm like, I know sugar does not help. How can we put those small changes in effect and, and we know that food affects our mood. So it does. let's I mean, go. It, yeah. Yeah. Let's explore that a little bit because I'm so personally curious and how food affects our mood. Yeah. Well, so I think there's anybody who's done their research will see there are so many differing opinions on food, how it affects us, how it doesn't affect us, the chemical breakdown of what happens in our body. Um, I think one of the best things we can do, and I, I really mean this, I have, I have shifted my belief over the last few years and the way I coach people to what is more of an intuitive eating mindset. Are you familiar with this concept? No. Okay. I'm so curious. And I think so, maybe I need this. <laughs> I, and this is, I'm coming from somebody who I basically have, I've never had a full eating disorder. I'm thankful that I never went fully on, but arguably with all things I've read, a very disordered relationship with food from about age 13 till probably just a few years ago, uh, you know, at early 40s. What I like about this idea of intuitive eating, and I'm not an expert on it, I've read their, their book, it's a two nutritionists who wrote it or two RDs. But the idea is that your body, you kind of go overboard on stuff when it's restricted which makes sense. I think anybody who's experienced that has felt that where, you know, oh, well, I don't let myself eat that. I don't even keep it in the house because otherwise I eat the whole thing. Because we have these foods that are considered forbidden or naughty type of thing. <laughs> then, when we, then when we give ourselves the green light, it's like on like Donkey Kong. But the idea of intuitive eating is that no foods are forbidden. And there's kind of a period of time when you first start this idea that you really let yourself do whatever you want, which can feel really scary. For a lot of us, especially you go, oh God, I'm going to eat gummy bears and that's all I'm going to ever eat because it's all I want right now. <laughs> well, because you've told yourself for 30 years, you shouldn't have gummy bears. Of course you want gummy bears. I mean, it's like anything. At the minute, think about telling a kid like, don't touch that. What's the first thing they do? They're like, I want to touch it. Yeah. So we're all just, we all operate that same way. But what I love about sort of the progression of intuitive eating is it's not just about, I feel like a donut. I'm going to eat a donut right now. But it's more then you start to incorporate, well, how am I going to feel? So that's fine. If I, if I'm, if the donut is the thing, it, the only thing that will like take care of me in this exact moment, have the donut, enjoy the donut, feel no guilt about it. But what I love is this idea of actually, when you start to think about, well, how am I going to feel? Am I going to have the energy I want? Am I going to have the clear headedness I want? And that helps bring me back after probably a month or two of like, I mean, I was, Tearing, personally tearing up some sugar, like gummy candies, like Haribo stock must've gone up like 
I don't know, 20% in the, in that time period. But after a while I was like, Oh, I don't actually feel that great. So I, I probably can't eat this early in the day because I need to have clear headedness. I need to have energy to do my work for our business. And yeah. you know, many offices bring in like, let's have a, an office meeting. We bring in sugary snacks and right. it's hard to like, Oh, I don't want that donut, but then I'll go back at, at lunch and have like the three that are left over. And yeah. And I think that's such a great point because it does keeping like, I'm going to, I need to have a clear mind. I have a busy schedule today. Yeah. This is not, I think I don't want to feel way. sleepy. And even like at night and not, I mean, again, this is also saying like, sometimes I'll, I'll eat the donut. Sometimes I'll, you know, it's yeah. not that I'm like never ever, but I do. I, I think about how I want to feel. And at night, I know if I eat a bunch of snacks late, I sleep worse. And that's, and, and I don't think that's just me. I think that's kind of everybody. But once you start to put that together for yourself, right, it's not about, well, I want to lose weight. Well, I want to be a certain size. I want to be this. But it's actually like, I want to just feel good. And whether my body is 10 pounds less or 10 pounds bigger, actually what I want is I want to feel really energetic. I want to feel pot, like in a positive space. <laughs> if I eat too much of that, I'm not going to feel good. And I think that's true for everybody. So I think backing off the idea of like, oh, I'm going to, whatever, I'm going to get fat or I don't want to gain weight or I want to lose weight. And instead to, to look at it from this idea of how do I want to feel? And also no food is good or bad. Like food doesn't have morality. It's not like you weren't bad because you ate a donut. Like you'd be bad if you hit and ran somebody a pedestrian, <laughs> you know, like eating a donut is not bad, but then you have to stop and go, well, is that like, is that going to help me feel the way I want to feel today? So after lunch, like that's a big thing. And you're right. Some of this is changing office culture which is really hard. You go, okay, well, instead of bringing in donuts all the time, maybe we do that once a month, but can we bring in something that maybe has a little more balance, has some protein, has some good fat, has some fiber, you know, what would that look like for people? And, and I know it's tough with like office lunches cause you aren't making stuff right there. You know, um, one of the things like moving from, from Texas mm -hmm. to St. Louis, Midwesterners eat very hearty yeah. and it's just matter of fact. And then you add in COVID and you're like, I just, I'm, I'm not feeling good. I've got all these things that are kind of, you kind of feel like they're crashing down on you. Um, so I think even certain parts of the country, we kind of give ourselves a little more leeway than we would in um, yeah. other parts of the country where it's like, sure. the, you have access. I think is that's what I'm trying to say. You have access to healthier food that's a little bit more easier and frequent. So I think sure. that really in some parts of the country, it might be a little more hard to adjust that thinking on, okay, well, maybe we can bring in some donuts, but we can have a yogurt bar. For sure. Oh yeah. And I think there's, you know, for like an office setting, you know, yeah, you're, you might be struggling a little bit more and then maybe you don't do breakfast meetings. Maybe you do lunch meetings. You go, mm -hmm. okay, we can get some sandwiches, some salads, some stuff that how that's gonna like hold on a little bit. I don't. I mean, donuts are my absolute favorite like play food. That's my jam. But <laughs> if I have a donut or two, like one hour later, I am ravenous. So like, there's not like, oh, this holds me for three, four hours. So I'm like, all right, what's next? That flew through. Yeah. So I think thinking about food like that too, like what's just, what's gonna sustain me. Or having something with that donut going, okay, I'm going to have a donut, but I'm also going to scramble up a couple eggs just at home or like, what are some small things that people could do? I think if you can identify one meal a day that you go, okay, I know I can make this a really nourishing meal. So whether that's in the morning, I'm going to do a smoothie that has fat, fiber, and protein, 
So that would be a really good place because then you go, okay, even if I decide to eat the donut, I've given my body some really good just nourishment, you know, a lot of vitamins, a lot of nutrients. Maybe it's dinner. There are so many meal services now. And I imagine that to use something like a HelloFresh, Sunbasket, to use those and go, okay, well, we know five days a week, we've got this meal plan coming. And so we have our dinner planned out. Let's get around. Let's talk about the permission of self-care. Let's talk about giving yourself permission on self-care. Yeah. Well, I think, and that is, you know, that's something where, especially folks who identify as type A can use their discipline to give themselves permission because you have to do it repeatedly. We all know, you don't just go, you know what, one time it's okay for me to take care of myself, to take a little break, to say no, you know, whether it's to my family, my kids, my, my employees. So we know that has to happen repeatedly. So if you're somebody who has pretty strong discipline, use that to your advantage, you know, and I, I would go back to even that idea of setting a reminder, whatever that might be um, in your, if you have an iPhone, I don't know about Android, but you can actually name your alarms. Oh, you can like, yes. You can change where it just says alarm. You can actually go in and change it. So that might be, what have you given yourself permission to, to do to take care of yourself today? That's or it idea. might just say, I have permission to take care of myself. And I think the suck it up mentality, there's enough research that says that we perform better without that. It doesn't mean that sometimes you don't just have to like push through. There are those moments that the idea that like you actually have permission to live a broader life than just like powering through all the time and getting everything done yourself and like being that island. You know? I think that's, I think, I think what you're saying to me, and I was telling Dr. Chesick this, I'm like, my self-care used to be have a list and check it off. And mm-hmm. then, oh, I, I did my list. I think that's right. that a personality type yeah. of thing. Oh, I love to do lists. Love yeah, that. I love to do lists. Mm-hmm. But now I've really said, what are my top three things I need to yes. achieve today? And if I don't get to these other things, Yes. I'll get to them later on in the day or I'll get to them tomorrow. And yes. sometimes I find myself getting overwhelmed with all of the things I have to do, but I'm like, I'm going to get them done. When have mm-hmm. I not got them done? And I think yeah. having that conversation with myself has really been helpful. And yeah. you know, that when you're in that office setting, maybe, and you could disagree with this, you know, you have those priorities, but you're leaning on, you're learning how to lean on those people around you. You're doing, you're doing the steps to keep yourself going. And I think that's kind of what you're saying is. And using that list to put in some self-care stuff, like 20 minute walk today, 30 minutes where I turn my phone off. I think using also like just it's, it is, it's that idea of using your, your natural state or your natural tendencies of maybe being someone who's an, an achiever. And again, I think anyone in this group, whether they identify this or not is an achiever, use that skill to to like create permission for yourself because the reality is like you have to take a step back and go, well, am I really enjoying the life I'm living? <laughs> like, am I, do That's I, simple. am I having fun? Am I joyful? And do I wake up and go, and not every day. I understand we all have moments of stress, but if you kind of look at your life on a broad scale, so much of what we, the pressure that we feel and the stress that we feel has to do with just us taking on more than we, than we really have to. And I think that's some old programming and sometimes a lack of awareness. And I'm saying this as myself too. But so if we can say, you know what, I am actually making myself a priority. And this can be shocking to the people around you, by the way. 
If you've always been the person who goes, yep, I'll get it, I'll get it, I got it, I got it, no problem. And all of a sudden you go, no, I actually can't do that. You will have jaws drop. That's okay. They'll get over it. But the it. world does not end. The world doesn't end. The, yeah, we don't start rotating opposite, the, you know, the opposite direction. <laughs> Everyone will be fine. And especially those people who you're really close to, it might be alarming to them for you to change your, your tune. But what they probably want is what's best for you too. And so if you say, I'm really actually trying to take care of myself so I can be a long-term presence in your life, a healthy presence in your life, and a good, well, joyful person for myself. Because this is the only, you know, this life is the only thing we know, the only thing that's guaranteed. And the ride is short. Like, even if 100%. you live a real full long life, it's like, do you want to be one of those people on their deathbed who looks back and goes, God, why didn't I... You know, why didn't I schedule do schedule another these- meeting? Right. I <laughs> no. wish I spent more time on Zoom. No. <laughs> yeah. But I think all those things, and you can do that in those simple ways of checking in with yourself, creating whatever that thing is for you that like takes care of you. And even if you get pushback from people in your life, that's okay. They will get over it. They don't have a choice. Like, and if they, I should say, if they don't get over it, that's on them. That's not on you. Thing that's kind for yourself. It's probably also kind for others around you. And you're setting a better example for people around you too. I just, I'm trying to like do some things for myself. Like that just was not, that does not naturally roll off my tongue, tipping your toe in the water or whatever. I love it. Yes. And like, I'm just going to go outside. And I have found myself several times over the past year looking around me and seeing like, Oh, the grass is coming in so green and I'm going to go for a bike ride and Oh, their house is decorated so cute for 4th of July or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I found myself looking at things a little bit differently just by feeling more positive and having that energy. I haven't had to have that conversation with people. It kind of just comes off naturally. So if people are not comfortable with saying that, there's ways of getting there. Yes, that's um, a great point. Let's talk about questions that you should ask yourself. And at one point you had said to me, like, are you really even hungry? And this goes back kind of the donut conversation. Poor yeah. donuts are getting a bad rap today. Poor donut. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they stayed you to serve a purpose. Right. But am I hungry? Am I mad? Am I sad? Yeah. Like really, can you kind of explore a little bit how we can do kind of a self check-in? Yeah, I think it's some of those really basic questions. Um, my husband and I always joke that we, we said 80% of fights between partners could be avoided if you, everybody just ate a sandwich. Like, <laughs> like you're, probably, you're, just, you're just hungry. It's okay, but you're like freaking out, you know. Um, I think that goes back to that awareness check-in. And that maybe could be your little calendar reminder is like, have I, have I eaten something reasonable? Um, am I tired? My like, and, and sometimes you can't do anything about it, but just to acknowledge, I'm really exhausted right now. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm really tired. So maybe you were about to have a conversation with someone that you go, ah, maybe I won't. Maybe I'm going to wait till tomorrow because I'm hungry. I'm tired. What is it? There's a, there's an acronym. I think it's called HALT, Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. So oh it's gosh. like kind of checking in. So that's part of the check-in too of just, am I, did, did I drink water? Dehydration actually is a really, really big thing, especially with busy professionals, like such a big thing. So, you know, I know the standard is like eight glasses. What is it? Eight cups a day. So that'd be 64 ounces. I drink a lot more than that. But I think for people to just think about those really base level things and we can think about like our like kids, when a kid is hungry or tired or thirsty, they're just losing it. 
they're like, they're off their rockers. We're like that too. We just hide it better. We just don't acknowledge that like 100%. there's a person inside of me that's like, ah, you know, like I just want to pump something. Yeah. So, so I think checking in with yourself and, and I, again, I know I'm a broken record. Use the alarm on your phone, use your calendar reminders that you're checking those basic things. Yeah. And maybe tired slash thirsty would be the thing. Both of the ladies that we've had on today's conversation are just giving simple tips. And I think that's such a big deal because just start with something little. Just drink some water. Just walk outside and say, thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the ground below me. I mean, it can sound so cheesy, but again, there's so much research that backs up how those really simple things and it takes time. You know, it's like maybe that day you're not going to be like, I feel amazing now, but it's as you, as you do those really basic, simple things, they add up, they have a cumulative shampoo effect, you know, and yeah, it, it does make a difference. Better identify maybe what you need and you create more space to actually take care of yourself when you're not in total depletion mode. Part of that is, okay, now I've, I'm eating a little bit better. It's helping me sleep better at night. Yes. I'm drinking water. I'm doing all these things. Some days I'm just not my best. Mm -hmm. So can you maybe help us explore getting back on track? And I don't know, a pandemic pops up. Right. <laughs> like how right. do you get yourself back on track? Is it as simple as just taking a few minutes to go out and be gracious of what's around you? I think that's a big part of it. I think also giving yourself some grace about not being on track actually has the effect of helping you get on track. Like nobody has ever beat themselves into submission of for long-term of taking better care of themselves, whether that's food, exercise, sleep, anything like it works for a little bit. And then after a while you're like, Oh, this is, this is horrible. I'm just being mean to myself. So I think giving yourself some grace, understanding that we are in a, a situation we've never dealt with. Many people are trying to run businesses and school their children insanity so to just kind of say, this might be the best I'm doing, that this is the best I'm doing now, and that's okay. And then I think that idea of just starting that one little habit, like what do I think, you know, maybe for some people it's exercise and they go, I really, like if I move even five or 10 minutes a day, I feel a lot better. Schedule that time and it might be first thing in the morning and you go, unless somebody's dying, nobody talks to me for the next <laughs> 10 minutes. Like... And you, and you might have to be a little firm about that. For a lot of us, it's sleep, excuse me, getting disciplined about, I put my phone down at 9 p.m. I don't drink caffeine after, I mean, for me, if I have more than like a little cup of coffee pretty early in the morning, I'm up super late at night. I'm sensitive to caffeine. I think there are a lot of people out there who don't realize that they are and get crappy sleep, even though they might be technically sleeping for eight hours. So, you know, do something like that, eating late. Like if you can eat earlier or at least have like your bigger meal for some people, maybe they don't get home until seven or eight at night and they're like, well, now I need to eat dinner, but maybe you have like schedule it. So your lunch is like your bigger meal, your breakfast and your lunch, and then your dinner is a little bit lighter and have like a nice cup of tea afterwards. But that whole thing of just trying to do the little thing, I mean, sleep, I think is a huge thing. And then just even a couple minutes a day of like deep breathing. No, I think that that's what Dr. Chessick had said too. Like just really? take that, that four in eight out, um, breathing like, technique yep. yeah. and 
you know, I will give you a personal background. My mother owned a business growing up. And I remember um, during the holidays when she was so crazy busy, she would go into her room and she would just need 10 minutes just to close her eyes. Back then, you just thought, oh, you know, she's got alone time. But I remember if you would walk in to the room and she would lose her mind. I only need 10 minutes. And you're like, so you learn really quickly to give her her 10 minutes. Yeah. But later on in life, I'd ask her, why would you do that? And she'd be like, because I'd had a really long day and it was going to continue to be a really long day if I didn't take that 10 minutes. I have always thought about that. Like even in my most stressful situations, I just need a few minutes. Just give me a few minutes to get my thoughts. It does make a difference. And I think a lot of people don't believe it will make a difference. It really will. And set a timer for your family, set a time for, for your staff. If you have to, like, I am not available unless there is a literal emergency. Yeah. Unless the house is burning down, I'm not here. And maybe you need to, you know, leave that. I don't know. Like you might, maybe you've got an intense enough family. You're like, (laughs) I'm going to go for a walk and no, you're not coming with me and I'm not taking the dog and that's okay. But yeah, I think realizing that those little moments actually do make a difference and they can add up. I think sometimes we think unless I can like go to Canyon Ranch spa for two weeks, like there's no way I'm going to feel relaxed or refreshed. You actually can, you know, it's, it is absolutely doable. Yeah. And do what you can. I think I like that. Yeah. I like it. I think you've given us a lot to kind of mull over easy steps. Both of our ladies have just been fantastic. I think that you you. both really helped us. And I know you have personally helped me through some good times and some bad, but we always end up (laughs) laughing. Yes. Um, Really focusing on control what you can and let go of what you can't, even though that's really hard to do. I think when you can differentiate those two things, and this is very like, I haven't been in AA, but I know there's like a very specific AA prayer that talks about like knowing what you can control and, and what you can't and really just dealing in that one realm of what do I actually have control over? So that's where I'm going to focus. And what we realize is we don't have control over much. Most of it is our attitude, our response, but in a weird way that can be really freeing to just say, okay, well, I can't like, I can ask this person to help me. And if they say no, well, that's their prerogative. So then I can respond from that place. Yes. And I'd say like when we are in a joyful, spontaneous, free place, we actually are better problem solvers. Mm -hmm. We're more creative. We have more energy. So all these things, again, it's like, it's good for you, but it's also good for your business. Like, so, and for your family, like you're just a, you're in a better space by creating some of these small things, show up better for yourself and for those around you. It enhances, it doesn't detract from what you're trying to do. I'm so glad that we had a chance to talk and catch up because there's just such a simplicity. I had an old boss that probably wasn't the best boss, but he, I do one thing that he always used to say is do the basics great and everything will fall into place. He was 100% right about it because if I'm just taking care of myself and if I'm going to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and putting that oxygen mask on first, like you've said before, um, then I can take care of those around me and I can be a better person. And you can do it with ease and less effort than you would if you hadn't taken care of yourself first. Oh, 100%. We just need to be reminded of that. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, Cassie, this has been great. I'm so glad that you joined us today. This is so nice chatting with you.